You know, just when you think you can't get more disgusted by the royal family, we, we now learn that uh, Prince Andrew, who is being moved into a five-bedroom cottage that uh, King Charles has kicked uh, Meghan and Prince Harry out of, and, and Prince Andrew is complaining, apparently dissatisfied with the quarters that have been offered to him by dad, that, uh, you know, the the queen just, you know, bent over backwards to whatever Andrew wanted. And, and he's been living in some palatial royal residence, uh, now being given the cottage, five-bedroom cottage, by the way. And Prince Andrew thinking that's beneath him and kind of upset with his brother for treating him as a second-class royal. Uh, and these people are so caught up in themselves. A guy who's not caught up in himself, but who is caught up in trying to uh, promote Millington is Terry Rowland, former county commissioner, former candidate for county mayor, longtime friend of mine, and uh, now running the Chamber of Commerce in Millington. Terry, good to catch up with you. Brother, it's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, it's been a while since I've been up to Nashville, but uh, I got a, a trip coming up there, and I'm going to look you up, brother. Please do, and uh, uh, congratulations on your new gig with uh, Millington and the Chamber of Commerce. You know, we had this report earlier in the week that uh, Shelby County, Memphis, is the most dangerous city in the country, ranking above Chicago and Baltimore and, and all of the other usual suspects. How, how does the Chamber of Commerce, both you know in Millington and, and in the broader county and community, how do you address that? Well, uh, you know, I got a little saying now that uh, in Millington, uh, you can have Mayberry and make money at the same time. But uh, <laughs> we're real resilient. Uh, we're resilient people. We look out for each other. And this has been one of the, 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 the hanging points, Steve, of, you know, we're trying to make uh, Shelby County and, and all the municipalities viable and you know, we got Blue Oval coming, but with all this crime, I mean, you know, that's going to make the people think twice, you know, about moving to Shelby County. And some of these decisions that's being made, just like uh, Mulroy talking about not uh, prosecuting low-level crime, well, Steve, you and me have been around a long time. I mean, low-level crime is what turns into violent crime. I mean... You know, all this shooting and killing started somewhere, and it was usually probably over a drug deal that goes bad, or uh, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, the 12- and 14-year-olds that are breaking into cars, trying to jack cars, you know, turn into the violent thugs. I mean, again, I think, you know, using a handgun to try and jack somebody's car and getting shot as a result is is a violent crime in and of itself, but it moves to a higher level of violent crime when you're not policing juvenile crime and making sure that that they're paying the price. Particularly if they're if they're doing adult crimes, they should do adult time. That's exactly right. And a, and a decision um, that that was made to uh, stop uh, traffic, uh, doing traffic. Uh, how many how many crimes have been avoided by a traffic? You know what I mean? That, you know, police pull somebody over for something and, and they're guilty of something else or or they uh, they got illegal guns in the car. They got drugs in the car. I mean, it just doesn't you, you got to when you police and I've got a great number of friends on the sheriff's department, police department, family and everything. 
they said that they're taking all the tools away from them uh, to, to, to make our community safer, which doesn't make any sense at all. Well, in the catch and release programs uh, in Memphis and around the country do not work. It sends the wrong message that, that uh, you're going to be right back on the street before the cops have finished filling out the paperwork. It, it, it uh, justifies crime as a, as a good uh, uh, career choice. And, and unfortunately, we're seeing that embraced all too often uh, in, in Memphis. And again, the young, it's that young crime. You know, you had the governor in Whitehaven this week o- helping open a new YMCA, giving these young kids opportunities to have a place to go and hang out that are safe, to work out, to, to play basketball, or whatever it might be. That, that should be celebrated. Instead, you had these activists out attacking the governor, lying about the governor over the transgender drag show, uh, sexually explicit dance band, uh, screaming about that rather than, than allowing this important way to start addressing juvenile crime in Memphis from, from moving forward in a positive way. Absolutely. We're worried more, not we, I'm going to say the liberals that's running this place are more worried about somebody's pronouns or dressing up like a sissy or whatever they can. Hey, yeah, I said sissy, and I ain't. I don't care if they. <laughs> you know, I, I I call them like I see them, Steve. But uh, you know, the, the the leaders in Shelby County have their priorities in the wrong place. And you know, at the end of the day, the 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 public is suffering for it. You know, these crooks aren't aren't stupid. Okay, they know that they they that now they can commit these low-level crimes or whatever and, and 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 walk, you know. Basically, what they're telling the people in Shelby County uh, to get prosecuted, you got to commit murder. So, I mean... Well, that's exactly what Mulroy announced this week. He's not going to enforce low-level, what he calls low-level crimes, uh, as a result of, of the effort to focus on the, on the bigger crimes. Uh, but again, like you point out, it's it's the low-level crimes that lead into bigger ones. You know, when Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York, they started enforcing uh, aggressively if you if you vandalized, if you broke a window in in, an, right. in a tenement house, if you you know jumped over the turnstiles in the subways to to just cheat getting on the subway for free, they were aggressively enforcing that, and the bigger crime rate in New York City went down. New York City got safer because they were enforcing all the laws, not just kind of picking and choosing. And I'll tell you something else that's done got up, upside down, Steve. Because of all this, excuse my language, but crap, uh, you know, what you're going to start seeing, you know, people have to take care of themselves. And then when 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 you get a citizen that's protecting himself and has to, has to use deadly force or, or whatever to, to protect yourself, they're going after the citizen. The actual victim, they're flipping the script and, and, and criminalizing the person that was just defending themselves. And, you know, and, Terry, a big part of the problem is is parenting or lack of parenting as well. I don't know if you've seen this story, but Memphis police say that a mother snuck into Westwood High School and fought two students with her daughter uh, earlier this week. Uh, I don't know if they have a fight club at Westwood High School. You're not supposed to talk about fight club, but apparently mama went in to also help do a beatdown on another student. She's now facing some charges. But, again, you can't expect the kids to behave when parents aren't behaving. Absolutely. We have a complete breakdown of the family unit. And, and, you know, we've been hearing about this, especially 
in our realms with the people that we run with. Uh, this has been going on quite a while. I mean, this is a generational thing that came to a head now that uh, society's going to have to deal with. And, and I hate to say this, but violence, the only way to fight violence is with more violence, you know. I mean, and, and it shouldn't have gotten to that point, you know. But it, it's these laws that they pass. And, and I'm going to tell you something about uh, Memphis and Shelby County. We had 650,000 registered voters. When only 200,000 turns out to vote, that's what's creating the problem. Yeah, you can't complain on Wednesday if you don't turn out and vote on Tuesday. And uh, a lot of folks complain, but they sit on their hands. And, again, with, with early voting, with other opportunities to make it easier than ever to vote, like you point out, folks are still staying at home, not uh, not doing And particularly, again, in our churches, I, you know, as you know, we got real involved uh, a few years ago in trying to turn out evangelical voters with a, a lift the vote campaign, 17 million Christian evangelicals do not vote in presidential election year. 17 million stay home. That is a margin that would win every election for the conservative values that uh, that Christians espouse, whether it's protecting life, protecting uh, the religious freedom, uh, making sure that conservative pro-constitution judges get on the Supreme Court. And yet, pastors feel like they can't encourage people to go vote. They're so afraid that somebody might say they're encouraging a particular vote. But you can push issues legally from the pulpit. You can encourage people to go cast their votes, to pray, to to discern, and, and to vote. And and yet our pastors aren't leading. Well, Steve, there, there again, that shows uh, a double standard, okay? They, uh, the Democrats, they do. Uh, uh, politic in their church okay uh but then they turn around i'm, I'm telling you if, you if you're a christian nowadays you've got a, you've got a target on your back and you know uh growing up all my pastors warned me of days like this and i'll be doggone if it ain't coming to pass and well the uh, bible warns us about it as well uh one more quick question because i know we gotta let you go but uh uh, the Memphis County Commission pushing forward a $5 million plan for reparations. Uh, I can assure folks that if Terry was still in the County Commission, that would have been a no vote. Oh, yes. And and here's the thing. Actually, uh, uh, I, I was uh, kind of working behind the scenes. First of all, I'm pretty sure they're, they're talking about using ARPA funds, which is the COVID money. Yes. I think it's going to be a ruling on that that says they can't use that. And then actually, I talked to my friends at the state legislature, and they're actually dropping a bill or have dropped a bill that says that they're not going to be able to use local taxpayer money on, on reparations. So, and, and you know, who, who gets it? And, and, I mean, it's just this is just crazy way of thinking. It's putting a blame on somebody that had nothing to do with what happened 200 years ago. And uh, until we can, we, can, we can get past this, I mean, society's going to suffer. Well, and we just discovered that Angela Davis, uh, uh, you know, black activist, uh, liberal, who's been promoting reparations, turns out that one of her ancestors was a slave owner. Does she get or does she have to contribute? We'll have to get into that one as we move forward as well. Terry Rowland, always great to catch up with you, my friend. Holler at me when you're in town, and we'll get get together, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Steve, we love you, and y'all have a great day.